0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast. I'm John Borton here with one of our favorites that we haven't talked to in a while. Your play-by-play man for Michigan basketball, uh, Brian Bush, who was also heavily involved in the football broadcast, does a great job with the Defending the Block podcast. We're going to reference that a little bit today because he's talked to some interesting people. Brian, welcome back to uh, the podcast.
1: Always good to be here, John. I, I like the new backdrop. I, I see we're upgraded for 22-23.
0: Oh, absolutely. We want to, you know, change is good. As as the late Gary Moeller used to say, you get better or you get worse. And he got that from Bo Beckler. And that Kind of leads us right into our, our first topic. We, uh, we did have a sad note uh, this week in the passing of Gary Moeller. I, I know you weren't around here during the time that he was head coach at Michigan, but I know you've gotten to know an awful lot of uh, former players and guys that uh, played with him. Your thoughts on, uh, on this loss for Michigan football?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, a sad day. And, and you know, I, I think in my time doing research about him before, you know, his, his health had started to deteriorate, you know, how many guys nowadays can coach as an offensive and a defensive coordinator? You know, the, the, you'll see some movement from a position coach standpoint. But, you know, anymore, it seems like, you know, offensive gurus are, you know, that that's all they focus on defensively that's you know pretty much your your lockdown thing i mean could you imagine if you know mike mcdonald had transferred over to the offense this year i mean that that's pretty wild but you know for me it's ever since i started doing the podcast with with jansen hearing about what coach mo meant to him and and how he was the one to offer him the scholarship and you know obviously i'm sure that was the easiest um you know time frame from offer to acceptance because I'm guessing Jansen just immediately shook his hand or hugged him or whatever um but you know that's hearing the stories from him and others of of what he meant and uh you know obviously uh his his record his time here speaks for itself um the impact that he made and you know it's 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 obviously a, a difficult stretch but Man, you want to talk about a lot of accomplishments and a lot of great things, um, and his legacy goes on, right? I mean, you have people who he brought into this program who are are still here, still supportive of it. Coach, Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, it, it's it's really really impressive what he did.
0: There's no doubt, and you know, set the stage. I didn't think about this. You're, you you make a, a a great point in talking about his versatility, but also his recruiting he sort of uh, upped the level of Michigan recruiting and laid the foundation in some of his later recruiting for that 97 national championship team. You referenced Jansen, and, but there were a host of those guys that uh, were recruited by Gary Moeller and uh, led to a to a national championship. Uh, the, the passion that his players had for him, you, you mentioned John, and uh, I know James Hall was just... Absolutely broken up to tears over this, and and so many expressed that because he had such a passion for his players, they knew how much he cared about them, and his uh, enthusiasm for the game it it rubbed off on a lot of guys.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, you mentioned the, the national championship team. You know, John and I released our in the trenches podcast uh, this morning, Wednesday. And, you know, that was one of the first things. Once he, once he stopped detailing the person, which is the most important part in all of this, he starts talking about the football man and to have, I mean, it really was, we all, we all know the circumstances of, you know, how Coach Mo was no longer the head coach. Uh, but, but the fact that he was still able to, to have a really big part in, you know, continuing the, the excellence of Michigan football, really on, you know, I mean, he, he was sandwiched in, you know, by two legends and and for him to have the success that he did and to then carry that on from a roster standpoint, from a systematic standpoint, you know, as, we, as we've as we seen in college football, it's really tough to pass the baton from one coaching staff to the other because, you know, anymore, I mean, gosh, you see the the changes. There's sometimes not a whole lot in the way of, of hiring in the family, if you will. Um, that was consistent back, you know, at Michigan at that time. Um, and, and still has been largely to this day. But to continue that type of success, um, you know, John is, has stated that you know, Coach Mo had as, as big of an impact as anybody on that 1997 national championship team. So, uh, you know, I mean, his, his legacy is, is pretty darn strong and deservedly so. Yeah,
0: and I do uh, certainly uh, want to extend our thoughts and, and our prayers out to uh, Gary Mueller's family, and uh, we know that this is a uh, this is a tough time for them, his former players, his many friends, and uh, so yeah, uh, a a long and very um, highlight worthy. Term at Michigan in so for for decades really coming up with uh, that crew in '69 and and making such a dramatic change in Michigan football. I want to spend the rest of our time talking about Michigan basketball and I really want to zone in on the uh, the guys that uh, have joined of late. Uh, first of all, my question for you is how adept is Juwan Howard at being that guy that can can plug the holes late in the game because in this era of college basketball, it seems like that is uh, a, a real premium for a head coach to be able to, okay, uh, these guys are, are now gone in the – for the nba uh these guys uh, have transferred now we've got to come up with people quality people in a big hurry
1: yeah i mean he's embracing the new level of and the, the new level of recruiting in college basketball you, you have to at times treat the off season somewhat like you know a free agency period that you would see in professional sports and i don't mean that from a, a monetary standpoint I mean that from a there are there is an available bank of players who have played whether it's you know a high major player who isn't getting as many minutes or you know that's like a Joey Baker or a lower mid major player like a Jalen Llewellyn who wants a new challenge wants to take that step up to try to be able to, to showcase himself at the highest levels of college basketball and, and potentially go into the NBA and I think where uh, I'm most optimistic about this is that. Llewellyn and Baker aren't exactly at the top of the, you know, you see, you know, there's new lists right now of top available transfers or top available players in the portal. Uh, neither Llewellyn nor Baker were super high up on that list, but neither was Devonte Jones. Neither was Mike Smith. Remember Mike Smith wasn't, I mean, I don't think Mike Smith was the first choice even of, of Michigan in that off season. Um, but other dominoes did not fall the way that Michigan wanted and quite frankly, uh, had those dominoes fallen the way that maybe initially people hoped for, I don't think Michigan in 2021 would have been in the Elite Eight. Uh, last year, it was a little bit slower for Devontae Jones, but he was unquestionably one of the biggest impact transfers in the final six, seven weeks of the season. There were times where he gritted this team through some 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 stretches uh, that got him and that team into the tournament. Now we all know what happened with Devontae injury wise, such a fluke thing. They didn't get a chance to showcase it, but you know, if you were to look at some of the lists uh, this time last year about who the top transfers are uh, and then look at it after the fact, uh, Devontae Jones would have been a positive uh, gainer in those lists. So um, I think he's shown the Juwan Howard. That is that, that he understands who's the right fit, on the floor and probably as importantly within the culture. Um, and in talking to Jalen and, and Joey Baker, who we'll have here in, in a week or two on, on defend the block. Uh, they, they seem to understand and embrace that type of culture. And, you know, when you're trying to bring somebody in uh, that's, that's not always a gimme, right? Um, there, there could be some culture clashes in some certain situations, but, uh, so far, so good in that in that relation, and and you hope that that continues with, with these two coming in.
0: All right. Well, let's get to some specifics on these guys. Uh, Jalen Nweleni, you have already spoken to, as you mentioned, on the defend the block. What struck you the most in your conversation with him, uh, just uh, in how he came across?
1: So to me I think the coolest thing was that he said he had reached out and talked with Mike Smith of course those two had played against one another in the Ivy League um t- what 2 years ago before the pandemic um and you know we all saw that that pipeline worked Mike Smith came in and you know we've talked about this in the past he was largely an instant click for this program a, a huge part of of that team that went to the Elite 8 um but the other aspect is just I mean Jalen, he, he hasn't played all that much, and it's been sporadic because, remember, the Ivy League took the year off. He was talking about the fact that, that he wasn't even around campus for that entire year. He was in Virginia just trying to find you know a gym and trying to, to stay sharp. Uh, I mean, could you imagine? It, w- it was one thing for, for everybody involved, whether it was a, a coach, player, fan in college basketball, to to not be able to watch an NCAA tournament in 2020 but there were very few teams that had to watch everybody play in 2021 and the entirety of the Ivy League was that way so for him to stick around wait his turn come back um you know didn't obviously quite get into the NCAA tournaments one bid league um, but you know they had some chances. He he's had more he's had more winning success than Mike Smith. did. I mean, Mike was the best player on a really really bad team for his time uh, before coming to Michigan. Jalen's gotten some taste. He he he's experienced some winning. But now it's about taking that next step. So um, I think there's a maturity and there's kind of a of, of, of a compartmentalization of you know how, how do you we hear it all the time? Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Um, he had to do that for an entire year, right. Um, two seasons were in essence taken from him. So, uh, he's clearly motivated by that. He embraces that. Um, and you know, I, I think the model's proven that the Michigan can bring in a mid-major point guard and have success. Uh, that doesn't mean it's going to work, but, um, I think now you're going to start seeing these players from, from this level say, Hey, you know, if, if I'm going to go anywhere, why wouldn't I come to Michigan? It, it's been done before it can be done again. From what you have seen of him on video,
0: what would you say uh, portends to be his greatest contribution to this team in terms of uh, his fit and and running this thing?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I, it's tough to tell totally, and I I kind of thought the same thing about you know about Mike Smith and, and Devontae Jones because you just don't know how it'll necessarily translate, um, but. You know, for me, I, I think this is a guy who he's going to distribute the basketball pretty well. Um, not quite as drastic of a difference in, you know, I mean, when we saw the the Mike Smith splits, you know, there was a year he had to completely take over. Um, I think he, he manages pretty well considering his size. Um, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but, you know, I, I think he plays up to it. Again, that will be interesting in the Big Ten. Um, But I like his maturity. I think he takes pretty good care of the basketball. Um, He can score if needed. Um, I think it's going to be a matter of not as drastic as a a Mike Smith going from having to be probably the first and second option offensively to Jalen being, you know, one of the top guys. Um, You know, I I think he's got the ability to do that. Um, And also, I mean, he can hit some threes. You know, I I know there's been a lot made about, you know, Michigan with the three-point, uh, situation and needing some pieces there, and you know Joey Baker statistically has that. You know, I think the most potential there, but I, I do think Llewellyn can can sprinkle that in certainly more than Devontae Jones, and and you know maybe more than Mike Smith. So uh, I just I, there's nothing that really totally like whoa, this is you know this is like a you know like Devonte's ability to rebound. I thought was really impressive coming in. Um, Mike Smith obviously has just a pure score, um, somewhat by necessity. It kind of stood out. I, I, I see Llewellyn maybe not with as big of a, of a top skill, but I think he he has a pretty well-balanced approach um, that I think fits well with this team. But you know, as we all know, if he, can, if he can dump it down into Hunter Dickinson and if, and if he can find a couple of the, the outside shooters that I think Michigan can have this year, I, I like his chances. Yes, no, thank you. So how about Joey Baker? You referenced him. Is, is
0: he here because he uh, has that ability to shoot the ball from the outside?
1: He is here. Um, I think it's just a matter of making sure that all the T's are crossed, I's are dotted at this point. Um, he was finishing up at Duke, um, so that is something that, you know, went stretched into June. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I think it's just a matter of time before he can get out there and get acclimated and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, how, how do you not, how do you not, you know, have your, your mouth water as a Michigan fan thinking about what he can do from the three point side of things? Um, you know, it wasn't a huge sample size, but he when he got chances, he took advantage of it. And for me, the thing about Joey that that is so impressive. Now, obviously, understand that you know, it, at, at a place like Duke, you got a lot of star freshmen. Right. I mean, what, what Michigan did last year with guys like Musa Diabate and Caleb Houston coming in being one and done's, that is, I mean, that's what Duke has done for a while. But he, in four years, didn't play a whole lot, yet he was still named a captain. Uh, and as you look at this roster and you look at this team, um, you know, last year, Hunter Dickinson was the most vocal person, and, and second place was way down the list. This was a pretty quiet team, and, and it makes sense. You got a lot of freshmen. Eli Brooks was a was a lead by example type of a guy. Um, you know, Brandon Johns Jr. didn't quite make the jump we all thought, so you know he, he probably wasn't able to be as vocal as need be. Hunter's going to be obviously the the best player on this team, the the vocal leader, the you know the person in the you know who's going to go to the press conferences more times than not, right? who's that number two guy. And I, I think Jalen certainly has that potential, but I, I think Joey Baker is probably the favorite for that because if, if you are a captain at a place where I think you know, people kind of knew down at Duke that he wasn't going to play a ton last year, he was going to play more than normal. Um, but I think that's something that stands out. And and in just a, a couple of conversations with him, uh, there's been, you know, you can tell that he has the ability to, to convey what he needs to and and be a great teammate and stuff along those lines. So um, I'm I'm excited what he can bring because, you know, on paper, he hasn't had a whole lot of opportunity to showcase his skills. I think he looks at, at Michigan as a a place to potentially do that.
0: All right. And before I let you go, uh, Yousef Kayat, you're talking about a guy that has played professionally across the, uh, the pond, as they say, and How do you size him up? What do you think is his potential early impact for this team?
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's a really intriguing potential fit. Uh, I have watched a little bit of him here and there. Um, I mean, you just – I think you look at the body and the the frame and the experience that he's gotten playing overseas. Um, This team needed some help on the wing. Um, I think it's fair to expect – and and hope that Terrence Williams II can kind of make that jump, um, but this team coming in has some some question marks at the wing spot. I I think that there is a real chance that he can come in and, and immediately help. I think when you when you play against more you know more mature older talent like we've seen in the past with a guy like Yusuf, with Franz, with Mo, I think you have the ability to be advanced from a defensive standpoint, which is always going to be important. Um, it's so tough to tell, you know, he, he's not, as far as I know, he has not arrived yet. They're still trying to get that all figured out. Um, but, but this is a young man who I think has the size, uh, he won't have a full run in camp Sanderson, but I'll be interested to see kind of, you know, the first time I meet him versus how he looks in, you know, in early November of what he's able to add to that. Uh, but to me, having depth at the wing position, listen, in the NBA, that's basically all you need right now. You just need a bunch of, you know, 6'5 to 6'9 switchable wings, and you got a chance to win it all. I, I think, you know, as, as things evolve at the college ranks, I'm not going to say it's going to get to that point, but wings are, are continuously going to be so, so valuable. Um, and, and a guy like him who has that ability, has that, you know, that, that frame – I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the table. I, you know, there were a lot of question marks about you know what Michigan was going to do with that extra scholarship. Uh, to me, I think it's a great investment in a young man who who brings, I think, a different skill set than than some of the guys who have come in. Now, you know, Jet Howard has a chance to to you know obviously see some immediate minutes, you know, as that type of player. Um, but but Michigan has some question marks there. It's where you know uh, I I said all offseason if I could pick one of the two freshman to come back, it would have been Caleb, um, because I thought he was a better fit for this incoming roster. Um, we'll have to see if, if a guy like, uh, whether it's Yusuf or Jed or somebody else, can kind of seize that, a T-Will emergence, something along those lines. Uh, it'll it'll be fun to watch, that's for sure.
0: No doubt about it. And uh, uh, getting back to Kyle for just a moment, it's, uh, it's kind of nice that Michigan has established itself as uh, successfully bringing in international players and I think uh, Kayette himself referenced that in terms of his comfortability with with Ann Arbor.
1: Yes 100% and that's you know we talk about transfer point guards that being a pipeline same thing along those lines I mean if you start to establish kind of what is known about a program recruiting wise um, that's really positive you know whether it's you know Hopefully, a guy like Caleb, a guy like Musa, can go into the NBA and, and make big-time impacts and show that side of things. Uh, you know, ultimately, a lot of this is a case-by-case case basis, and and once you get down to that final grouping, it's about setting yourself apart. But I think peaking that interest early in a recruiting process, uh, it, it's very easy. You know, you think about uh, like an Olu Oluwatimi on the football side, right? Uh, had Michigan had not had the type of offensive line year that they had last year, would Olu have come to Michigan? Who knows? It's about establishing those those types of pipelines in recruiting to get that initial interest. And then from there, I think we've seen that a, that a coach like Juwan Howard and the assistance that he has, they can close once they've got your, your attention.
0: He's Brian Bush, and you can hear him on the In the Trenches podcast with John Jansen handling the uh, Defend the Block podcast on basketball, heavily involved in Michigan football broadcast and – Once winter rolls around, he'll be bringing you the play-by-play once again uh, for Michigan basketball. Brian, great to have you with us. Appreciate your time.
1: Always happy to be here, John. Be well